This is Sid Haig for Nightmare Junkhead. Listen, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that lives by the credo el legado es todo my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're throwing on our luchador masks and descending into the underbelly of organ harvesting as we talk to the demented minds behind the genre bending film low life but before we get into that game, let me remind you, we are part of the Phenomenally Frightening Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And you can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your monster hole. And this is another Panic Fest dispatch here, mm-hmm. uh, detailing and chronicling the shenanigans that we had at the Panic Film Festival. Right. And as we mentioned before, uh, we only I only actually got to see three films this year at Panic Fest, mm-hmm. which is an all-time low for me, and a lot of it was due to the background, behind-the-scenes stuff that we were doing. Right. Uh, two of the films that I saw were rewatches. Uh-huh. And so I only got to see one original for the first time. And good Lord, did I pick the f- one film to see for the first time. Absolutely amazing. This, for me, I mean, I don't know what the other films... I mean, there was some... We I went to go see some of the other movies after Panic Fest because they did some of the other uh, the next days. Mm-hmm. But even with those other ones, this movie was my favorite of the, of the new ones. This is a film that truly truly belongs at the panic film festival this this is an instant genre favorite i mean it's this this movie's gonna you're this is gonna be one of those ones like have you seen low life no oh you need to see low life this is it's got cult written all over it and that's something we truly enjoy here yes we do yes we are talking yeah 2017's low life uh written directed by ryan prowse uh, also written, co-written by Tim Cairo. Uh, we were fortunate enough here not only to see the film, but to host a Q&A mm-hmm. afterwards that is attached to this particular episode, mm-hmm. as well as sitting down and talking with the, with the again, the minds behind right? this demented film. The director, two of the writers, the editor, two and the two of the actors. I mean, there's... Mine is a cameraman. We got a lot of... <laughs> It was awesome that it, they were It really was. It, um, and then, so again, go to the show notes if you want to go ahead and skip directly to it, because what we're going to do here is actually give our thoughts mm-hmm. on the film itself. Uh, our little, you know, mini review here. So, uh, spoilers ahoy. Spoilers ahoy, but we're going to try and keep it as spoiler, not as spoiler free, but, you know, where the conversation goes. If we, so, grain of salt. And we are going to be putting this out the same day that they are, this is being released uh, via Blu ray on video yes. demand. So, see it, see it, see it, see it legally. Please, legally, you guys, support the filmmakers, you guys. If you are pirates, mm. shame, shame, yes. shame. Punish. Yeah, if you are pirating, I guarantee a monster is going to come and going to fuck your shit up. How do you describe this film, Genius? 
Wow. Um, you know, you, we always talk about like nerd knowledge trailers. Uh-huh. Can you imagine putting, what would your nerd knowledge trailers be for low life? Okay, for low life. My nerd knowledge trailer. So again, go back to our original um, <laughs> uh, live panic film fest episode here. But nerd knowledge is taking three trailers and if you add them together, if you use some sort of math, mm-hmm. it equals a particular film. Yes. So. Okay. It would be Repo Man. I like it. Pulp Fiction. I dig it. And El Santos versus Los Monstros. Beautiful. Beautiful. If now at the point, if you're going like, how do, what kind of math do you have to get? What kind of film do you get? You, you get, get low life. life right? You get, that's the only way to describe it. This movie, the characters are so complex. Well, except for the bad guy. The bad guy's the bad guy. The bad guy is a horrible bad guy. He chews up scenery. He is, he is. Think of the most crazy, weird, methed out uncle, but yet that's, he runs like a, he's basically a human, he's a human trafficker and a human organ I believe it was, uh, it was the teddy bear, right? Yeah, his name is Teddy Oso, yeah. Teddy Bear. Mark Burnham. Yep, Teddy Oso's Woo! Fish Tacos. One of the instantly bad, iconic dudes you see in like a cult cinema flick. He's right off the bat here, right, every time they introduce a new character, you're thinking, where is this going to go? Because first of all, it starts off with the villain and he, he does some heinous shit. Then he's talking about, let me get El Monstro. And then you get this luchador right out of one of those 60s luchador movies with a code of honor. But he's like, a, he's a bad guy with a conscious. And it just gets weirder from there. And to have one of your characters, we talked about this on the, once again, mm-hmm. yeah, but to have one of like the most not morally centered, but one of the most characters that you kind of root for has this big swastika on his face. You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, the, the girl who played crystal Nikki, um, oh, she is so she good is in this so particular film. phenomenal in this movie. She, the emotion she does and, and whoever, and the, the, the I, I can't stop raving about this movie. The sound design when Monstro goes into his uh, fits of rage, the blackouts. Yes. His berserker that just, rah, and then just, they amplify all the sounds that are more horrible, you know, but it's, it plays perfectly because it's theater of mind. What we don't see is only as horrific as it is in your own head, but it's funny too. It's super fucking funny. By the way, uh, this is El Monstro. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's running jokes. It's gory. It's it's super gory. And again, it's a perfect film for Panic Fest because it takes so many different genres. Yeah. Weaves them together lovingly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. This is a yes. genuine film. There's no tongue in cheek with this film. This is a Turbo Kid type movie yes. as opposed to a Kung Fury type movie. Because it, it screams like it's got a true 70s aesthetic mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. With the crime. and It's grimy. Mm-hmm. And it's got the luchador aesthetic where it's a code of honor and the mask never comes off. And it's just an everyday thing. It's just, okay, that's what happens. Superhero walks amongst us in the form of fucking Mexican wrestlers. It's a weird morality tale mixed with it <laughs> and there's like 
And as you mentioned, the legacy is all. The legado is todo. It's got about, it's like, it's about fucked up family. It's about hard decisions being made. It's about like. It's the reality of violence. Right. The the the, uh, the effect of what things happened in the past can come back Cause up. Cause and effect. It, it, it's insane. And they're all separate stories, but they all weave back in together so nicely. And that's why I think a lot of people call the Tarantino references and something I had pointed out, and then you'll listen to the Q&A, but also kind of it had a Rashomon feel to it just because with every new perspective, it brought more complexity yes the story yes where then all of a sudden these characters just having more and more layers mm-hmm. but then the deeper they get in the worse you feel for them the who you think should be the villains are actually sometimes the heroes um and just like when like i said when you first meet the guy with the swashka face you were like what the fuck is he doing this shit is crazy come to find out he's like one of the nicest fucking dudes it's like what the fuck you know it it, it, it it's switches everything but keeps everything so grounded you know it's this fantastical world but it feels real and that's what what i think what makes it work is that balance they Mm -hmm. achieve which is hard to do with that many genres that you're throwing in there and this is this his first one or uh this is the first major release yeah uh, they've done a few short films things and they've got another they've got a hot script yeah. as, as you guys will hear script. about hot script uh no this was this was truly a favorite this was such a surprise yeah. because it was kind of the headliner in many ways it was the program it was on the program but you got el monstro on there well deserved well deserved and el monstro he's going to be an icon in the cult circles you know what i'm saying because he's just so insane and wonderful it, you you th- basically you throw in a luchador in the in a very really twisted noir film yeah and you get low life but also the fact that they're detailing in like human organ harvesting like and that's it, dark and sinister and and there's and right and then there's um comedy lots of comedy you know amongst the there's gore. good levity in there right like the birthday well, wish it's just, oh, just it was, that quinceanera was so funny yeah it was. And, this is another one that you get to see in a crowd with, yeah. again, genre-loving fans. This is just pure manna from heaven. <laughs> the kids did it. I just, well, she wanted me to grant her birthday wish. Uh, so good. Live by a code, die exactly, by a code. Exactly, exactly. The legacy is all. It's just so when, funny. And when that moment happened, the legacy is all, I, the, the crowd erupted. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was such an infectious movie. And, like, the gore. The gore, my goodness, bravo. There's a scene where every time the person's getting hit, I'm wincing because it looks fucking like he's getting his ass handed to him. And this is traditionally a horror podcast, but there are so many horrific elements in this film. I mean, the human organ the, and the, the villain named Teddy Bear is was horrific enough. It's so good. No, there's so many reasons this film works. I was halfway expecting like uh, Sabler, Stabler and uh, Benson to show up SVU style with just such a sinister and heinous, you know, scheme that's going on here. Right. Uh, the actors themselves playing it so real in such a hyper-realistic and just an enhanced setting as well. Yeah, and once again, Nikki, whoo, she, she's captivating in this movie. It's like, she's having the worst fucking day, and yet she's like, let's do this. It's, It's insane. It's so good. I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. 
I'm curious to see how it plays more on like a solo viewing because again, there are a lot of films out there that we're not fortunate enough to see in the theater, and a lot of them that we'll just ultimately see on a Saturday night by right. ourselves. I, I have I have a feeling that it will play just as good by yourself well. at home and just yeah because it has so many of those great genre elements that you just want to check off on your little homage playlist. But then mm-hmm. again, it works organically in the story and it just pops on screen. Yeah, and there's instant catchphrases. I love catchphrases. Just I won't spoil it, but you'll know. Just wait for the call. So. <laughs> You can create a great drinking game out of this one. So um, you guys seek this one out. Low Life, Ryan Prouse uh, appeared on the Movie Crypt podcast, live from Kansas City episode. So go check that one out mm-hmm. as well. Uh, support, you get support. Follow these guys on Twitter, the social medias, and again, just support the physical media. Yeah. Help out these artists, you guys. They were yeah. kind enough here to come to Panic Film Festival here in Kansas City. Uh, we want to keep you know like-minded artists coming through because... In and of itself, it's fun for us just to interact with these folks. Because we get to see some cool shit and talk to the people who made the cool shit. And first and foremost, we're fans. Yeah. And when I get to experience this and then get to talk to the people that get to make this, this is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoy the Q&A and then the intimate talk we had when they're in the little cellar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the vendor pit of misery. The the sound quality is a little interesting, so uh, just bear with us there. But um, yeah, so last thoughts on Low Life? Legally, go see it. Legally, please. I mean, and let us know what you think. Are we on? Are we right? Are we wrong? I mean, if you see it, tell us. Yeah, tell us how fucking awesome it was. <laughs> the legacy is all. El legado es todo. Well, uh, good evening again to all you uh, Panic Fest parishioners there. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, my name is Greg D. I'm Genius Vicky. And uh, we host the Nerds of Nostalgia. And the Nightmare Junkhead podcast from Parts Unknown. <laughs> and it is our pleasure to welcome to the stage the uh, creative minds behind the film you just experienced. So please welcome to the stage the luchador lunatics from Low Life. So if you guys would introduce yourselves... Okay, sorry. Hi, hi. Are you ready? Hi, I'm Nikki Micho. I play Crystal. Uh, Tim Cairo is a co writer and producer. I am John Oswald. That was Randy. Go Royals. And I'm Jared. I was uh, the, one of the editors. The big guy. Keep it all together. Uh, Ryan and, yeah, director and co-writer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to pose this out to all of you because there's a lot. I want to open this up to you guys for the Q&A, largely for the audience, because I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. And I understand that the uh, festival is going to continue past the Q&A. Is that correct? Okay, so I guess apparently everyone's invited, so we're going to go like all Andy Kaufman here. I want to know where in the hell does the idea for this film come from? So I want to know where does it start, and then how did all of you guys get attached to it? Okay. Hard drugs. Uh, uh, we, uh, let's see, we all, a bunch of us, all the production side, we all went to uh, film school together. Got out of film school, uh, surprise, no one gave us a fucking movie to make. Uh, they weren't just like handing them out, so uh, we decided to make it ourselves. 
Nikki uh, was in a uh, the short film, uh, our thesis film, Narco Corrido, that we we made out of school, and we just like wanted to write something for her to do because she's fucking incredible. And then we uh, built built kind of every move your mics away. I'm, I'm hearing <laughs> director. And then we uh, we uh, built like sort of the stuff around her. So had no money. We all kind of like put money together. Uh, a lot of the team guys put money together to make this um, ourselves. And then we uh, we initially were going to do uh, like an anthology. <clears throat> and then there were five writers. And we kind of worked at like a, like a um, uh, TV writer's room where we were all kind of like, you know, coming up with different ideas or whatever, broke story together. Went away, wrote our separate stuff. When we came back together, we were like, fuck, this is an actual movie. We don't want to do an anthology that's, you know, sucks. Um, and then <laughs> tried to figure out how to actually Shots make fired. that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would apologize to anthologies, but they know they suck. They're like, sorry, there's one or two that are good. We should mention that we, the writers all wrote together for a long time before we wrote this movie doing sketch comedy, and we worked together at film school as well. So this was kind of... We should mention that. Just a natural extension that's of... a good thing uh, to mention, yeah. Of our, our, our demented sensibilities, basically, right. yeah. So, yeah, then uh, who was next? Who added to? That's good. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, as Tim said and, and Ryan said, like, we all, we all sort of worked together in, in film school and sort of discovered that we all have maybe the same type of twisted <laughs> mind. Um, and we and kept, like, one-upping each other, basically. It was like, and we all like, like Michael you, Mann. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, Michael Mann, and can you make a... Shotgun can you fights. Make people love a swastika face. Yeah. Yeah, so like it, as as a fun uh, 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 little story about like one of the main characters in this film is that like in in the writers' room that was the sketch comedy group these guys all started there was a question of like can we make an audience love a guy with a swastika tattoo on his face <laughs> and, and we it, did it <laughs> and then Trump happened fuck <laughs> god damn it. oh shit I think we know the answer. <laughs> And like and and so we 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 tried a sketch and we we tried it out but we didn't we we didn't know what we were doing and it sucked and it wasn't. Yeah, we funny. did we did the swastika <laughs> face uh, like segment like as a as a sketch initially, which we never um, released. We yeah. never released that. I played the swastika face, <laughs> and uh, what we really learned from that was um, uh, to have sunscreen on because when I took the makeup off, I had a fucking <laughs> reverse swastika fucking sunburn on my face. Oh, no. Fucking kill myself. It was crazy. So Johnny, uh, he, he's a... Uh, uh, so he's like, let's get someone else to play swastika face. Yeah, like, <laughs> did a great like, let's actually job, find, No, You're no. Fine let's, Nazi. let's find someone talented and then yeah, slather him up every day with fucking <laughs> sunscreen so he doesn't die. Yeah. Uh, I got a two-part question, uh, one for the actors and then one for the writers and producers. Uh, for the writers and producers, uh, not that, uh, why luchadors? I mean, not that it's not awesome, luchadors are the best, but why luchadors? And for the actors, what drew you to this, like, this is insane, I gotta be a part of this? Actors. Yeah, I, it started back with you guys' sketch comedy stuff. These guys, for whatever reason, like to cast me as just the worst fucking... <laughs> I played a Krampus. My first role for you was a whore, a, a male whore at a hotel. <laughs> a perverted so, Krampus. Yeah, so whatever these guys like in me, they, I don't know. Krampus is the, the uh, Polish Christmas goblin, roles. for anyone who doesn't know. 
So I was not surprised when I read the script, and I said, sign me up. Let's go. Swastika man, that's me. No. I hope not. Um... Oh, when I read the script, I loved it. I just thought it was crazy. I couldn't put the script down. And um, really, it didn't take much because I love working with everybody on the short. So it was kind of just like, yeah, when are we starting? So it was, it was really easy for me. This is a brave woman right here. Well, and that, that is like a, a big point of like the, um, like the actors all being game. I mean, everyone's being modest, but like Johnny, like, you know, fucking set and like had to come early and put a swastika on his face every day. He wanted to wear Hour it home. Hour and a half of makeup. Yeah, for the we were like, no, <laughs> you cannot wear it home. No. And 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 Nikki, same thing. It's like you know, like we pushed, you know, like the script that we gave them. We were like, they went out on a limb for that, which is really cool, and were like really game to kind of like, you know, like do really fucking messed up yeah, this, shit with us This together. movie is crazy on paper. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. crazy on screen, but when you see it on paper, it's actually... Yeah, we initially... No one to, should go along with it. We tried this, to actually really. send the script around to get money, which was hysterical. Like, everybody was like, are you fucking murderers? What are you talking about? Like, are you serial killers? That's a pass, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard pass. Um, and then, yeah, as far as, like, the like the luchador stuff, I mean, like, it's all kind of the same... Like, uh... One, a couple of guys, Tim and, and another uh, writer, Jake, uh, who's also another producer, um, <clears throat> they were, or they still are, uh, uh, like a writing team. We, we all write together. We, we liken ourselves to the Wu-Tang model. We write together. We write separately. Um, and one of their, yeah, they had a script that was kind of like, like the basis for Monstro and then... I wrote a script that had like a luchador in it and we kind of like melded those two together, but it was like, and all parts, it was like, how could we, you know, bring a luchador, the, the old luchador movies and everything, but bring that into like the real world or, you know, the real world sort of sensibilities and like, how could you like put that up against, yeah, like Nikki uh, and and Johnny and and play that like for real, but also just how cool that shit looks. It looks fucking incredible. You know? It's just like, yeah, also so we cool. just love Blue Demon and El Santo movies. Yeah. Like, that shit is just so fucking awesome. And, like, really kind of off the radar. I don't think they get enough love. And Yeah, I mean, that's know. like first superhero movies. Yeah, for pretty the, much. Like, so, and they, also, they go, they like solve crimes and then they go eat like a steak in their fucking mask and suit they, and they everything. special eating masks And then they like bowls. fight a werewolf. It's fucking incredible. Like, and, they, and then they're their Clark Kent persona is them wrestling as a fucking luchador. It's like, what the, what? That's yeah. your normal yeah, day to day. It's like, now I gotta go clock in and wrestle. Yeah, it is kind of confusing because they'll be sitting there in a turtleneck with their masks on, having dinner, and then they go wrestle. And it's like, so which is the secret identity? You have a mask on all the time, you realize, right? And then they fight the, like, the vampiric women of <laughs> Mars or whatever the fuck. You're like, yeah, this is, why is this not? Then you, if you could take that and then put that in a crime film and then also put a, you know, a swastika face and all that shit, and like, see how that works, and if it works. It's really just us putting all our favorite stuff together, ultimately, <laughs> except for the swastika. Well, you mentioned it, you guys. You're basically taking so many. No, yeah. <laughs> you're taking so many genres and plugging them together. This is the yeah. kind of the perfect film for Panic Fest. Uh, so I don't know about you thank guys. You. No, thank you. It's an honor. This, it felt yeah, like it was unleashed you. upon us. But I would like to point out. Your reaction to violence when it hits struck me. I don't know what it was, but your reaction to it was like, oh, my God. It just struck me. It was striking. So thank you for that. Now, 
I do, I'm curious, how many of you have questions for the madmen, the mad women behind this film? Does anyone have some questions here from the audience? Oh my, come on, you guys. This is Panic Fit. Come on down. Come on down if you do. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Yeah, yes, yes. With your hands raised. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we started like the script in like summer of 2015. We thought we were going to be shooting into 2015. Money fell through. And then we, like, half the fucking non-budget and then shot in the beginning of 2016. Um, and, yeah, like, we were kind of doing posts and everything through 2016, finish up, like, kind of uh, fall of 2016. Did not know fucking Trump was going to fucking actually win. So, holy we're shit. We were like, basically I, joking about that all the way through the yeah, writing we process. Like, and we're yeah. like, oh, fuck. So it felt it felt like that was obviously like you know that's in the ether and that that was like there and like how fucked up all that stuff was and like I don't know just bad juju. So then with that like it was always really important to us and we started from the beginning of yeah like uh, you know ending the movie. We kind of came around to the to the ending itself, but like ending the movie with two women talking about themselves and not about all this crazy shit that's gone on or whatever. And yeah, definitely like. Um, people of color, like, like basically always trying to find these just, like, marginalized sort of characters that, like, every one of th those characters would be the supporting character in some other movie or the fucking joke in another movie or whatever it was and, like, follow them and actually make a movie with them. So that was, like, definitely super important from the jump. We were kind of talking about that early on. Um, and, yeah, fuck Trump. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Jesus. I mean, we all know that, but goddamn it, let's keep saying it a, a lot. Yeah, I mean, we joke about the swastika face, but there was a sick pleasure in putting the only male lead in the movie with a horrific tattoo on his face. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Other questions out there? In the back. I mean, it was like we came pretty late in the editing process. We came upon like the naming sort of thing of the segments themselves. Like we had different names initially for the segments, but um, <clears throat> in the in writing, we we I think pretty much sequenced what we were gonna do. Um, we did do like some test screening stuff or whatever that like was like, oh, should we switch stuff around or whatever? But you know, it felt like a good um, ebb and flow of like. I mean, again, it starts with this horrific shit, and then you got, like, Monstro stuff, and it's kind of lighter, and then fucking, like, Crystals is the worst day that's ever <laughs> happened to anybody, ever. And then we were always like, and then you send in the clowns. So you get the fucking swastika face in. So, like, hopefully it's that kind of balance or whatever. But, um, but that stuff was scripted out very uh, precisely. We, that didn't 
the ins and outs didn't really move. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's we we yeah. couldn't afford to be imprecise with that. And so then and, and it was really just like it was always setting those those sort of like um, uh, like challenges for ourselves of like okay, can you butt up like a funny thing and like in a moment then the next moment's just tragedy or whatever. And I was always like, I think like what was fun for everybody, but then yeah, it was just like more so than like even the I think the the scripting and like the sequencing, it was just like us always kind of writing that tone and figuring that tone out and making sure like, you know, stuff felt earned or whatever. Ryan or is modest. He's or he's a master of tone tone on set. I'm like a tone he, master. He is. He's a human barometer <laughs> of tone. Uh, even when you're mixing scary blends, uh, he he seems to know what uh, the, what the, the one is, so. the one day I got super scared. <laughs> my my one day of fear. We all have it as filmmakers. Uh, <laughs> was like. The um, Monstro and Kaylee scene where it's like a kitchen sink drama with a fucking luchador. And I was like, we may be fucking up here. This may be really <laughs> fucking, this is bad. I don't know. This is scary <laughs> as fuck. And it was just like, well, we shot it. And then it was, but that's also like the, the fun of it. It was just like, like from conception, it was, yeah. Can you make, can you make people care about a guy in a mask? Um, Ricardo, who... He's not here. Uh, he, he's alive. He's not here. <laughs> he's not dead. Yeah. Um, he, he lived. <laughs> he lives. Um, he lives. But, yeah, just to be able to emote that much behind a mask, he fucking killed it. It was so awesome. And, like, we knew we were kind of in good hands. He came in for his, like, audition. He came in in a suit, and he did his, like, first uh, monologue, like, telling his story or whatever. Off book, it, too. Like, completely yeah, just and it nailed scared, it. Yeah, and it scared us. Like, we were all, like, kind of joking, ha, huh, this is funny or whatever. And he came in and was like, damn, we can't laugh at this. This is, this is fucking life. <laughs> Come to find out, this is my, my favorite little tidbit with Ricardo. He, as we're shooting, he was like, oh, yeah, I used to be, like, a champion bodybuilder. And it was like, oh, dope. He's, he was Mr. Mexico. His... <laughs> His older brother was Mr. Mexico. His fucking father was Mr. Mexico. <laughs> he is a lineage of champion bodybuilders. The legacy is fucking all. You, you didn't want to mention this in the audition at all? No, not at all. No, you, you don't lead with that? It's just like, hey, I fucking, this is me. God damn it. Let's put this on. Done. Whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that answers the question. It was... Okay, so the question was, did you guys film any of the deleted scenes when he goes and has his moments, which were phenomenal? I want to talk about the sound design because the score and everything was sound like another character in and of itself. So were there any deleted scenes filmed for that? Um, no, it was like, that was the... No, we seriously I had mean, no money. Yeah, I, no, I mean, like, like, however much you guys think there was, like, like, then look in your pocket and be like, oh, it was less than that. It's fucking, like, we made this for no money. And, like... That, I think, was, like, a testament to, yeah, like, when we were writing the script or whatever, it's, like, how do you get around that and kind of think over the budget and, you know, make that, make that like, work for you or whatever. It was, like, fuck. He fucking passes out because he freaks the fuck out. And it's, like, it, it works, you know, like, for the character. It works for the movie. And then it's also, like, cheap as fuck because we just get to skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to show anything. We just cut ahead. Yeah. And then you do, you know, and then and then... What I really like is like I, like I've I've kind of talked to some people you know at other places like that like after the fact they love the yeah skipping ahead thing and 
and like you know it always works as like a joke <clears throat> and then I've, I've had some people come to me and, and they're like or come to us and they're just like you know at the end they're like did you really need to do the head squashing scene or whatever and it's like, yeah, man, like, that's what you were fucking laughing at. It's hysterical <laughs> that you, like, like, were cheering that shit. And then at the end of it, like, it's horrible. Do you want to see him rip someone's fucking hand off with a gun? And like, no, you don't. It's terrible. Oh, you do? Panic fest. <laughs> uh, real quick question for the actors. Um, how do you bring such, like, genuine pathos to these characters when you are in an environment that does feature prominently a luchador and how does that i mean it was amazing because it doesn't take you out of it at all so how did you guys how did you approach your characters on that i tried to be as real as possible because um you know she's going through a really real situation and so there's this guy with a mask but he's gonna help me so just really focusing on like where i need to go and He's got a swastika face, but that's okay. We're on a mission. So, you know, like, you know just sort of like we're going forward, you know. And, and Ryan was really great because I'm just like, so I'm just normal? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay. Because there's so many different genres all mashed up in the film. You needed so. someone to be normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did the same. You just focus on the scene ahead of you. Like, don't forget what's on your face. Forget that Ricardo's in a mask. You're covered in blood. Just yeah. we're having a conversation. Keep it fucking normal. <laughs> yeah, because for them, this day, this is just the shit that happened. Right, L.A. baby, bad day in L.A. Well, it's incredible. It did. It had like a real Repo Man meets Rashomon vibe, in Thank a really you. weird way. Thank yeah, you. No, uh, no. So yeah, what did you guys bring in just in terms of kind of your own backgrounds material to what you brought with the film? We were actually watching Repo Man a lot r during the production of this. So it's yeah, a good call. Like, you nailed that. Rob one. Robbie Mueller, like cinematography, was like a big deal. Like all the like. We were talking about like Jim Jarmusch stuff of like the segmented things, how you do that without like, you know, like like those guys are so smart at like how to make something out of nothing. So it was like figuring that stuff out, and um, we always my my big lofty pitch for it was um, was Cassavetes meets Verhoeven. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so hopefully we got uh, within anywhere of like a thousand miles of that, and then we're cool. Yeah, we watched. Fine. I was, I was like, we were watching Wild at Heart a lot at the time, and Sexy Beast and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, I watched Eight Mile a few times before we. Showed. <laughs> that was it for me. No, you done. No, Studied you that, and that was me. And the uh, what the the two thousand whatever VMAs like. Johnny was going to watch 8 Mile a lot regardless of the role, so. Thoughts on the new album? Terrible, right? Okay, thanks. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, you don't want to go gummo on that either, actually, with the chocolate milk in there. Uh, no, actually, um, one of the joys of this film is just seeing it with a crowd like this and hearing yeah. the reactions that... That being it's said, so yeah, much fun. how much fun is it for you guys to actually that kind of energy? Do you, what? How do you respond to that? It's fucking cool. It's the best. Like yeah. it's the best. No, What's I love better? it. Because people actually laugh. Because you know when you're making a an indie film for no money with your friends, you you just think it. You think it's cool. <laughs> but when you go, yeah, we thought it was great. But you know, to have other people like it too, it's just like, wow. That's just icing on the cake. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So we're, we're so happy you enjoyed it. Anybody? Yeah, it's else? fucking fire! I mean, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it was thanks, amazing. Yeah, yeah by the way, thanks for having us. You guys are an amazing crowd. <laughs>
I feel like we beat Joe Lynch, right? Yeah, fucking Kansas City is awesome. Anti-mayhem. I want to start like a feud. Like get a get a feud going here for no reason. Rat beef, starting right here, guys. I will say this. If um, This Is El Monstro doesn't become like part of the drinking game associated with the film, I think we're all doing it wrong. So you guys, give a round of applause for the, ma- the maniacal oh, geniuses behind Low Life. And I believe... Real quick, sorry, sorry. Real quick. Um, uh, I'd be remiss to, to... If you did like it, if you dug it, I've been told to say... And also, I, b- I believe this. Please, we have nothing. Support us. Like, go and talk about the film, tweet, all that stuff. Because, like, we made this as a labor of love. And, like, we really are, like, getting started on. It's, g- it's going to come out um, April 6th. Uh, April 6th. And. Um, I've seen Midnight, baby. Yeah, I've seen Midnight's fucking stepped up to the plate. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Love you. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, like, if. If you can help get the word out, because, like, you know, uh, this movie otherwise will not, people will be scared yeah. of it. You guys so. are our audience. We need you to talk about it. Please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> we have nothing. We have no money. <laughs> Love you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you Give so much. Give them a round of applause again and again. All right, gang, we are back here at the Vendor Pit of Misery here at the Panic Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And six years in, we've had some fantastic films come along. Yes. And I think as the entire the festival continues to grow, not only do we get great genre films, but then we also have the opportunity to bring in people with these genre films. Yeah, and we get cultural currency saying that we saw some dope-ass movies in the theater before anyone else Saturday, did. January right 27th will definitely be a watershed moment because I got to see a film that truly is one of those cultural currency films. Yeah, I love this movie. I couldn't stop thinking about it and raving about it on my way home. This fantastic. I mean, what happens when you take luchadors, organ transplants... Crime, swastika faces... 70s aesthetics. <laughs> right, just throw it all in a blender and add a lot of blood and madness and you get... The movie Low Life. A film that plays perfectly at Panic Film Festival. So please welcome to Nightmare Junket for the first time. We have, oh good lord, this is now, this is like a stable of wrestlers, if you will. Here. Yeah, the horseman for horsemen. Oh, oh it's already, our audience will love you. We'll talk wrestling with you all day. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get me and Tim started on wrestling. <laughs> please don't. So does that make me the Paul Bear? Do I have to come out? Oh, Nightmare Junket is Low Life. We had a running game. Yeah, give it like them doing an RIP for Paul Bearer. Like they're just like who who's talking about Paul Bearer being dead now that Paul Bearer's dead? RIP. <laughs> it's, it's very much an obsession. Kind of yeah, yeah. Just in the coffin. It's Trevor Bearer's son. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Bearer. Larry Bearer. <laughs> Saul Bearer. <laughs> so we got to put some names to the voices here, you guys. So let's go do a little roll call here. Let's give your name, your association with the film, and where can our listeners find you out on the social media? Okay, uh, Ryan Prouse, uh, co-writer, director, and uh, I'm at Ryan Prouse, P-R-O-W-S, at all my social media stuff. And the l- Low Life, the movie, is our like social media uh, tag as well, handle for everything Low Life. All right. 
Hey, I'm Nikki Michaud, and I play Crystal in the movie, and you can find me at Nikki Michaud all over my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at uh, Nikki, N-I-C-K-I-M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. For those you're, of on, you, you're on Tinder now, too. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm on Tinder. I'm single, and uh, I, like, I like men who are... <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, I am single, but I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> no, but seriously, check out her profile. <laughs> She's surrounded by them. You like the four seasons. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Jared. I was uh, one of the editors on the movie. Uh, you can find me on social media at social media at Jared Shannon uh, with an O. Sorry. Where's, where's the O's? Like J A R O D. S-A-K-N-N-O-N. I was looking to Owen Shannon. I'm like, oh, Shannon's Tim Cairo, producer and co-writer, and my social stuff is just Tim Cairo, like the city, C-A-I-R-O, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Nice. John Oswald, I play Randy, beautiful swastika boy. It's not on my face anymore it's, it's for all you listening. That's the one thing, and especially no. once you see the film, you'll know what he's talking about. Yeah. And where are you at on social media? Uh, John McIntosh Oswald. No H in the uh, in the John. I need, I need followers desperately. John Mac Oswald. John McIntosh And he just signed up on wow. Instagram to, he's a Royals fan, and yeah. just to talk shit on yeah. other <laughs> sports stuff, right? Yeah. That's the all you use. Fuck the Cardinals. That's yeah. No. <laughs> See this wedding ring? No. <laughs> Hell no. I but wish. He's under. <laughs> Got him. You were waiting on that. You were like, I don't even go. know what that is. Yes. But. It's so, not good. Well, the biggest not compliment you. I can yeah, definitely judgments. give Low Life is this is a film that is truly made for the Panic Film Festival. It takes so many different genres, and it was almost jarring in many ways watching it last night. Good, yeah, definitely. In better yeah. terms, it's fucked up and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I ultimately, uh, where did the, where did this come from? Just the idea of Low Life. Like, how do you take so many different genres and throw them into a blender and get Low Life? I mean, that was the, like, the initial idea was to do that and see if we could make it work. We, uh, the writers, there were five writers total uh, that we all were working on the uh, the film together, and we all like, cri- yeah, crime, horror, just all genre stuff, and it was like, can we make uh, all that stuff stick and also have you caring about the characters? So we have, like, kind of intimate character moments, drama, kitchen sink drama, you know, we, we really wanted to try to go as high-end and funny and fun as we could, and then also super depraved and, you know, <laughs> like, fucked up um, and everything in between. And try to, yeah, just capture sort of the life of all these characters and, like, the worst Somehow day. Somehow make it a believable world still yeah. that exists. Well, how do you get yeah. that as writers in terms of the origin? How do you bring life to that? Because it is, uh, there's so many disparate elements to this film, yeah. and it works so well together. There's got to be a, a balance on that. How did you come to about to bring that. Yeah, we like the initial sort of idea was to do like a crime anthology and in that each of the writers would have, you know, like a, they'd write a segment, they'd have a character uh, that they'd focus on and then and it was a really cool process like I don't know of really anyone doing that before us. Well, we invented and, it. And now Terrence sure. Tino's yeah. going to no steal it from us. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I think he is doing that for Star Trek something like that, right? Yeah, he pitched he pitched 
doing for Star Trek. Yeah. It no, had to be after he saw it. Y'all are too much. Yeah. Y'all no, are too much. Yeah. Yeah. We, See you. Captain Kirk showing up in a luchador, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that'll be it. That'll be it. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> but you know, I'm not a you know I'm what? A what I liked about it was um, the stories, although fantastical with the the types of uh, the luchador and the swastika face, but really they're so human. You and know, grounded. It's, and grounded. I mean, I mean, a, a man wants his son to grow up in his legacy. A, a mother wants her to be reunited with her daughter. I mean, they're very. Everyone can relate to these kind of emotions. Well, that's that's a good question then, because uh, Nikki and John, how did you guys bring such? And I mentioned in the Q and A last night, but how did you bring pathos to such characters? Again, John. <laughs> to make a guy with a swastika yeah, on his face level. What's the line? I've got two strikes and a swastika on my face. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then. Um, such Maybe a great your line. character, Crystal, she's the one that was just kind of grounds everything really well. So how did you guys approach these characters in such a fantastical world? Nikki? I, I went straight to just um, who she was as a woman. Like, you know, she loved her husband as fucked up as he was. She loved – and so you understand a lot about people about who they love and who they stick with. And so I started there, kind of like unraveling like who she is and kind of getting into her head and trying and, to be and, – And her setup just like is that she – uh, her husband needs a kidney uh, transplant, mm-hmm. and so like she has to go through sort of nefarious channels to back channels to find that when you know the proper stuff isn't working. So, and that sends her kind of on her journey from there. Yeah, I mean, and she's just a really as a desperate woman trying to hold on to something that makes her life make sense. So I just started there, and then all this shit happens, and you're trying to like just I'm just trying to get my daughter. You know, it's it's awesome. It's, you had a rough day in that. Movie. It's a big, it's a big day. It's well, a big it's, day. You, you it's a downer for sure. You're the one that kind of presents the moral quandary, like, no, this is how this is the ends to my means. I can't do this. You know, try yeah. to call it off, but unfortunately, it's too late at that point. Right. And then, <laughs> you, all you have to mention is the word swastika in this film, and you're gonna immediately go, oh my god. God damn it. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. John, I don't want to say you're gonna be typecast, but let me just say, yeah. you know, without swastika in the beard, you look totally different. Yeah. Thank you. The guy with a swastika on his face. I know just the <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, I know that like defined the character, but being on my face, I never fucking saw it. So I just had to play it totally. That's you know, true. Just <laughs> play it straight, read the lines, and, you know, play the lovable idiot like I was trying to. So. I love when you said that it defined your character, and it totally did in the most opposite way. You know, yeah, you have the swastika on your face, but you're trying really hard to be like, no, that ain't me. Right. And that's you don't why, know like, my you struggle. That little element to your character, like you said, you. You're not going back because you already got two strikes. Right. They did this to you, so right. it, it made your character like, okay, he's not a hate monger. Right. So he's not carrying tiki torches and fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah. So tiki torches from Walmart. All you need to do is just Photoshop him in one of those old things back there, just like, hey, you're not racist, guys. Come on, uh, Jared. As an yeah. editor, I think you guys. Editors truly, I think, are kind of the unsung heroes of a lot of films because you mm. guys are the ones that are putting everything together, making sense of it. How do you make sense of such a film like this? I mean, I think like for us, it was like as these guys said, the 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 goal was to keep it real, like to make these these characters and these situations feel real because the. Oh, sorry. The um, it's obviously the world of the film is so insane that you need something to ground that, and it was that was one of the coolest things watching all these guys through even through production through the writing process because they were changing stuff as we were shooting and changing character moments as they were shooting just because it was like, if this doesn't feel real, we have to dial it back and we have to make it right. we have to make it feel real. Yeah, it feel doesn't. earned for yeah. those moments. Yeah, and that that was really just I think part of 
and even you know in the editing process the writing process as we were shooting was like was finding that line of the different tones and then mm-hmm. where we could kind of switch from tone to tone and and like you said earning that and really like building into the um was like i mean really the fun i think and what we what the whole team kind of leaned into was like okay yeah we have a you know it feels like a horror movie one minute and a crime movie or you know again yeah. like a drama the next minute Comedy. whatever yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that was to me really the fun was kind of finding in and walking that line and you know the danger of like maybe that'll fuck up but you know it didn't because we made that rad ass movie so well, and the 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 um, one of the coolest things was just you know it, we get that question a lot of like how did you blend the genres and it's it's an editing thing sure but it's like it's more of a performance thing like the actors mm. gave us such material to work with that we could you need that flexibility to to blend like is this a funny moment do we want the audience to laugh here do we want them to be scared like and if you don't have those performances you can't make those moments work well and this is where I really leaned on on Ryan a lot because um, I would look at the script and I'm like okay there's five genres. What, what color am I? Like, who, who you know, just like, because I just, because I can play this a lot of different ways, but I really depended on his vision. Like, oh, he's like, you're doing the drama stuff. I'm like, got it. You know, and just, and just really, um, as we're playing out the scenes, trusting him that I'm in my lane. Because even though you're feeling like, I'm being really real with the swastika and the luchador and my daughter's pregnant on the bed, it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no wink, wink. No, no wink. <laughs> yeah, I Never. Think, I, think, uh, I, think, I think balancing the tones also um, part of that. Uh, you know, pulling that off. I think was all of us having worked together for quite a while. Now That's too. true. Yeah. We kind of have a shorthand, and if Jared would catch something in editing while watching dailies, we could. Um, you know, Ryan could take that into account on set the next day, and we're even doing rewrites on set some of the time. So we're kind of calibrating it as we went the whole and time. And it, it was really, it was like a, such a cool, again, just a really fun process and definitely a learning process. But it was like, you know, there'd be a moment that was like so heavy, like that we were shooting one moment where it was like, okay, we know when we're doing these lighter bits, you can't go that far or like as goofy as maybe it was written or we were initially thinking, and vice versa. It was like, okay, this is way too dark and you know it like you'll it'll tip the balance too far to that so it was always kind of maintaining that which was really i don't know that was like to me a lot of fun to kind of figure that out but on the guys, fly you guys did so well balancing the <clears throat> comedy and the horror and the drama in this world mm-hmm. where you really don't know mm-hmm. what the next flavor is going to be mm-hmm. i mean one minute you this hardcore wrenching family drama next minute the loot stores fucking up a quinceanera yeah. and, <laughs> and it works and it works so well you know it's just, it's just, it's just it's a, it's literally a roller coaster because it's funny and then it's scary and then and teddy bear is, is scary as hell the, de- then, the devil incarnate right? yeah. yeah he's such a the good bad guy teddy bear yeah. 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 yeah teddy bear that's true that's funny. Well, you definitely have to be kind of an alchemist to be a filmmaker, to be someone that's working in film. So I guess, Ryan, I'll start with this. How much of uh, the filmmaking process for you is collaborative, just in terms of kind of surrounding yourself with good people? Do you let them do all the work? Do you, how, how, what is your process? I let like? them do all the work and I take yeah. all the credit. It's really fucking, <laughs> there you go. I, I've got a there really go. good gig here. It works for us. Um, no, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's 100% collaborative, especially, obviously, I think, like, the proof's there that, there were five writers. That's not easy to do, and right. we're all still friends. That's not easy to do. Come out, come out right. making right. an indie that's, movie, that's and true. then, you know, making a movie. We made like everybody put their heart into it, and it was all friends, really, truly friends, making this movie. So it was really cool to see 
again, now that it's getting this reception, we all get to, I mean, there's five of us here. Like, we all get to, like, hang out and have fun watching the audience watch it and, and, and respond to it. And, um, yeah, it was just it was always going to be super hard because we had so much against us with, you know, just budgetary constraints, everything, all that sort of stuff. But well, the swastika phase and everything, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, even just yeah logistics of like how, you know, Johnny's on set with like a swastika on his face and we're in, you know, fucking the hood, like where he does not need to have a swastika on his face or whatever. So it's like protecting him in that and all that logistical stuff. But it was just, it was like the team kind of like like doing it together made it happen. Otherwise, we would have been fucked because there was just way too much shit kind of going. But, I mean, and even everyone being game for, I don't know, it, was a, it, it is such a weird, like, out there concept after concept. But everybody was game to kind of push that bar. And I, I feel like that's why it, it worked and, and it comes through, you know. Uh, you said something about... Um going and traveling and doing all these things with all the different audiences. So I got a two-parter for you guys. Um, one, it's the question that I asked the Q&A last night was, why luchadors? Um, because <laughs> I fucking love them too. I just wanted to, you know, you don't see enough luchador And I'm not going to say this, but we, we always carry those luchador masks. We do. Shut up. Really? thought so. We carry oh, luchador okay. masks and we carry lightsabers. It's better to have it. You never yeah. know. Uh, so my question is, uh, one, why luchadors? And then for everybody else, what was it like last night at Panic Fest with the crowd mm. and Incredible. the excitement? Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It really was like, we were talking about it this morning a bit, but like, uh, it was a one of the best crowds in the sense of like it felt like they were really on the journey with us where like they were everybody like you know sometimes I think when the movie starts you don't know where you're at because you're shifting so many different tones that like the audience is kind of like on unsure footing but like they the audience here was like super game to like have fun with it or be scared or be you know like uh, emotional about everything so it was really cool um, and rowdy as hell yeah, that was like super cool to just I mean obviously yeah <laughs> um, just just barbecue sauce dripping on those seats oh my god out of every pour that's how we do it in the KC yeah. it was a late showing they first had we got a drink yeah the first day we got here we saw like a businessman walking around with like barbecue smeared on the back of his uh, <laughs> shirt and we're like oh we're in Kansas City <laughs> No, it was fun. The audience really seemed to get it. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah. It was, I mean, they cheered and laughed. It was, it was, it was great. Well, when the legacy is all moment happens, I mean. They like, were like roaring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it was cool. Like, I, I sort of stepped away. I haven't been to any festivals. This is my first festival. So it was like, it was to see it with an audience. And like, you know, two, two years ago, we were cutting this movie in like my house. And we were <laughs> talking about like, oh, well, you know, I, I hope we get a laugh here. Like, I hope we get a, a, an applause here. And it was like every moment the audience was just in it and with it. Mm -hmm. It was so fucking cool. Yeah, it is that was, cool. It was awesome. Yeah. And then Luchar wise, uh, we're all yeah. huge like fans of all the Santo movies yes. and Blue Demon yes. movies and yeah. stuff. And we really just from a conceptual level we were like why yeah like you said why aren't there more luchador movies like why like take those older sort of you know 60s films 70s films and and these like walking cartoon sort of superhero characters and then try and put them in like just the most depraved like <laughs> fucked up crime film and like the juxtaposition of that is just so fun and like even bless you, bless you. Bless you. even like visually you just you're you know you're off to the races as soon as yeah like the the opening 
credit sequence is just like you're in hell basically it's the it's the most heinous shit ever and then you cut to a luchador sitting there like sipping punch it's like fucking, that's a movie i want to fucking see you know <laughs> and even just like it's they're they're so like <clears throat> i mean obviously it's a, a, a lot about we really tried to be like i mean because we're really into it but like respectful of like like the honor and the code i mean we almost treated a monstro like uh like a knight sort of yeah. like mm-hmm. out of time okay, you know okay. yeah just mm-hmm. a dude out of time that like his code is so against what everything else is and like and that's what i really i mean i i love that about like even just um luchador stuff or lucha libre stuff in general of like the taking the mask so seriously and like you can't not wear the mask or yeah, like it was, it's an actual disgrace if you're unmasked in the ring I yeah mean, like, that kind of stuff was so i mean that's just like right for drama i think and it's not usually played straight like it's not res- played respectfully enough i don't yeah. know we felt like so that was our intent yeah it's not like you know we're not trying to do nacho libre or some shit it's like we're yeah. actually trying to like like okay put this character who everybody i mean this kind of goes for all the characters like yeah. we started from a right. place of they're all these marginalized people either they're laughed at or dismissed or whatever it is and then like you know tell their story and like dig into like what makes them tick is like just exciting anyway so you know well it's interesting because they definitely all the characters have their own journey and to experience that i think like i said and I, i think that's a credit to you guys as actors that we i was i was moved with the film Wow. Like Low Life, which is crazy to think about right. just in terms of its crazy genre film, but to actually have those that's moments. That's the biggest compliment we can get, basically. If no, we pull that off, I think that was. was our main objective, honestly. And Chris, your character and in the hotel, when it's just that really quiet and it's your eyes, it was just so expressive. And, I'm, and with all the characters, and from the get, I'm just engaged. I just wanted to see awesome. what madness these... <laughs> These big bombastic characters you're gonna get into, and then how you weaved everything together, and then all kind of tied up and wrapped it. I was like, this is. You're right. The crowd was in for the ride because it's a ride that's worth the ticket. Hey, there we go. I like that. I like that. If you played it more campy, I don't think you would get people the way you do. Right. Right. But you approach it so seriously. Well, that is like a big thing. I think of all of us is just again just the earnestness and not being afraid to be earnest and like, like. I think you can always, especially like, yeah, the luchador thing, it's like people can kind of put like a little distance between themselves like, oh, we know that this is ironically cool or whatever. It's like, no, man, that shit is actually cool. So it's like, you know, (laughs) play it straight and then, you know, build it from there. Yeah, it would have been a totally different movie if all of a sudden a monster, if like Kaylee turned into a werewolf. You yeah, know, right. Right. Oh, out. part two. Right. There you go. <laughs> can, can we make that work? Life. <laughs> Still low. <laughs> Much more low. So um, I was trying to explain this to people, just in terms of how I would explain this film to them. And I think the Good laziest luck way, that. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. But they said like Santo and Blue Demon via Tarantino. But after watching mm. it, and I mentioned it during the Q and A. I got a Repo Man meets Rashomon kind of feel. That's awesome. Which, and again, just in terms of the aesthetic, the vibe and everything, was that what kind of you were going for? Was there any inspiration within that? Yeah, we, we definitely used Repo Man. Um, looked at a lot of the, because it is set in L.A., so looked at a lot of, like, how you do, a, like, a, a uh, like an indie, but with, you know, like, using that, like, no-budget thing as your aesthetic and mm-hmm. making, yeah. making, like, a meal out of, like, you know, having nothing is... I mean, the fucking name of this movie, basically. <laughs> but uh, It's right there in the title. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, like we're all, you know, we, uh, 
like super film snobs and then also love like just <laughs> fucking rad ass movies like Repo Man and stuff too. So it's like we can sit around and talk. We, we want to. Our plan is to one day like just talk to Scorsese more about like talk him out of like red shoes and then also <laughs> like talk about you know Jallo films with him or whatever. <laughs> like, we can go toe to toe with this dude. <laughs> and Kurosawa is like you know one of my top filmmakers ever so um we'll take any rush you're the one comparison we can get please <laughs> keep them coming well the other thing i wanted to talk about briefly but it, uh, sorry real quick just oh, no. it it's so cool of like the again the high and the, what's perceived as like highbrow and lowbrow and like we that right. was definitely from the jump it's like how do we mix uh, like i we talked about last night but like we kept pitching it initially as like uh Cassavetes meets Verhoeven and it's like people dismiss Verhoeven films those are fucking inc- I mean oh, RoboCop yeah. is a perfect movie and, a, and an incredible you know yeah. those, are, those are art films yeah exactly and then and any you know, Cassavetes films like are just super engaging beyond like everyone kind of just thinks of them as like like highbrow art films or whatever but it's like they, I mean he has a film called The Killing of a Chinese Bookie it's like the best fucking title for a movie ever dude <laughs> you know so it's, yeah it's like finding that mix of that of all that stuff and bringing that together so yeah Repo Man and Rashomon is like just the dopest comparison yeah yeah I think that's I think that's my favorite one right now actually Put it on the put it on the no, exactly. yeah. There, yeah. There we go. Pull quote. Now the other thing I wanted to uh, really compliment is for us, like if you have a good score or a soundtrack, it almost becomes another character in the film. One hundred percent. And the score in Low Life is phenomenal, but also the sound design. Yeah. To me, added another That's great. layer in the film, just especially when uh, El Monstro does his little blackouts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you get that pitch. The design and of the, that. Yeah. The, the reveal. How did that come about? Well, uh, sound design-wise, we worked with uh, Owen Granick Chiang, who he helped us out on our. He's incredible. He yeah. he, he helped he's us out on. Yeah, literally. Yeah, shaking he's, in the back there. Yeah, uh, he's a uh, magician. He he really is. It's really? like, oh yeah. Uh, he he helped us out on our thesis film that a lot of us worked on. Nikki was the star of that, Narco Corrido, which it's online if anybody wants to check that out. Yeah, it's a wild ass movie too. Um, but yeah, we met him through that. He really and Owen's really cool about like not being afraid to just yeah like push i mean it was funny it's like after when we were actually mixing it they were like uh a lot of this stuff is kind of blowing out a lot of like the high-pitched sounds or whatever is like actually blowing the speakers out or like you know like (laughs) it's topping off too hard or whatever he's like no that's what this movie needs it's like at some point it needs to get crunchy and funky and like it goes too far fuck them yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so like being not being afraid to like like have those imperfections be part of the movie like we wanted it to be this nasty ass movie and there's parts where it's like like the actual soundtrack should break down you know and the same thing with Krang who did the music like again was just like fearless on obviously pushing the envelope of like like it being uh, not being afraid to go super far with it but then also what was so cool is like he, he, he had the idea and he pitched the idea of like actually doing uh, a score that like like it feels like right now modern films are kind of moving away from that are like you know you can actually have themes to each character and right. especially with the story it's like we have these multi characters so like ground like being able to, to underline them ground them with mm-hmm. their own theme and then those themes start mixing or whatever mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. just such a genius sort of approach to it and and not being afraid 
you know, to be earnest in it and say, like, I'm writing a score. We don't have to have just, like, mood music that just supports, you know, like, the mood of it or gives you this sense of the scene or whatever. It's like we can actually let the score lead in parts and not be afraid of, like, we're making, you know, a movie with a score. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and talking about, like, longtime collaboration and just how much fun it can be, like, our first film with Owen was Narco Corrido, and it was, it's a 20-minute movie. There's no, I mean, there's music in it, and music it plays a really central role in the film, but in the scene design, everything is sound. It's all sound design. It's, it's like, you know, and it, 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 you have to learn to play with that stuff of, like, do we want to irritate the audience mm -hmm. here? Do we want to, like, you know, do we want to piss them off or make them uncomfortable? And, like, it was so cool. Yeah, it was usually yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, and it was so cool watching uh, uh, Krang and Owen work together in Low Life because it's, like, the music and the sound design are, like, you know, they, they give the film, like, its base and its heart, and it's why it plays, you know. And our other mm -hmm. our other editor, uh, Brett, Brett Bachman. Shout out to Brett Bachman. Be back. Double shouts. Um he had worked with Krang on, he, he did a couple of films, or still doing films with Spectre Vision. Yeah. Um, and, like, so we luckily, you know, like, Krang was willing to, like, go way below his normal sort of people he has to fuck with and, like, like help us out more so than it being, like, so we got, we got just, like, the best get out of Krang. He was, like, really, like, supportive like ready to explore it i we kept just going back and forth over and over again of like oh can you he was down to make changes or you know dig a little bit further into or scrap whole you know pieces of music if it wasn't like working uh in the edit or in the you know sort of the the pacing or anything so i don't know it was just it was a really another cool like collaboration for life i feel like another partner in crime with this and he's just down to like you know, like not be afraid to make art and also not be afraid to make shit like fun and like commercy as well, you know? Uh, I got a couple of questions uh, actually for you. Um, one, where did you draw your character for uh, Randy Swastika face? Because, like, I swear I went to high school with him. <laughs> and, and, two, and you came in on the QA with the, with the Royals hat, and you were all about the Royals. I just saw your tattoos. Yeah, man. baby. Are you from Casey originally? Yeah. Or? Born in, well, Overland Park, yeah. Nice. But I grew up in Wichita. I lived in Wichita five. I actually grew years. up in Overland Park as well. Really? But it was a Stanley, Kansas at the time. So okay. It was I'm, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but it's in terms. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to high school in Texas. I moved okay. away oh, okay. from Kansas in like second grade. In second, okay, yeah. there we go. Okay. But that still, family sense. all over. Still come back. Try to get to a Royals game every year. Casey Price. Go Royals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can so talk sports all day. He wrote a jersey too, by the way. He has the real. Well, I was gonna go to Fan Fest, but I don't think <laughs> I'll make. There's this movie that I'm in that I have to promote. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I came. Are any players here signing? <laughs> oh, I love my Royals. So when will the general populace, when are they going to have Low Life Unleashed on them? When is this podcast coming out? Uh, <laughs> Let me answer your question with a question. It probably won't be until April, unfortunately. Okay, so uh, April 6th is oh, when perfect. we're releasing. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. IFC Midnight's releasing it. Uh, Run out to the theater and watch it right now. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, go to the movies tonight. Go. Go to the movies. Seriously, Junkhead fans, if you did. Oh, yeah. yeah do you, it's, this movie's got the Greg. Come on, Junkheads. All right. Awesome. And it, yeah. it'll be theatrical and VOD for the initial release, so available everywhere. But 
I, I think we're going to be in a lot of like markets for uh, theatrical, so definitely try. I, I feel like this is a theatrical this film. It's definitely yeah. a popcorn. Yeah. It's, it's, definitely, it's all about yeah. a popcorn movie and, yeah. and have the ride. Yeah. Oh, so much absolutely. fun. Yeah. But if you can't, then stream it. <laughs> but do it legally. Legally, please. Legally, I mean, Ryan needs the money back in his bank account. You got to pay me that organ That's somehow. Right? So I have nothing. I'm about to just turn into teddy bear. Right. Like, <laughs> it, seems, it seems like it's an actual workable model, business model. It's a really good business model. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? Job creator. Yeah. Job, job creator, hero, entrepreneur. Teddy. <laughs> Fish tacos, prostitution, yeah. and drug dealing, and organ donors. So yes. let's go down the line really quickly before we wrap things up uh what's next for each and every one of you uh we like the the writers um we're all working on another feature that looks like it's about to get going here soon we've written the script and it's getting uh lots of hot reads in hollywood uh low life somehow helped us so that was dope thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Somehow so this plan works yeah you wrote the down truck um <laughs> Everyone's gonna be saying those lines. I'm telling you, there's gonna be all sorts of T-shirts. It's so much fun. Yeah, the monster, hero of the down child. Oh, That's right, man. I, yeah. I just want the monster belts it. to come out. <laughs> so, Nikki, what do you got next? Up oh, okay. Play? So right now I'm shooting Colony. So by the, I'm sure the season three will have be out um, by then, and then you know hopefully we'll be doing this hot new script. Yeah, <laughs> that will happen. Hot happen. Hot script. Jared. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the hot script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want the hot, movie. hot script. Hot, hot script. Hot, hot, hot script that the suits are excited about. That's what that's what I have on the horizon. <laughs> Tim, uh, hot script as well. I won't mention. He's one of the writers. So. Yeah, I, I will mention that we um, the writers all kind of like have their own stuff. We work to, we work together, but then we also have individual projects. So we refer to it as the Wu Tang model. Um, so we're, we all got our. It other does kind of projects. feel like a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. That's yeah. right, cream. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully there'll be other stuff happening too, and we'll have lots more to talk about very soon. And John, I'm waiting for that same hot script. <laughs> I I love working with these guys. I would do. I would hold the boom on your next movie. I just <laughs> I want it done. Involve me, please. Yeah, fortunately, uh, Johnny's way too talented to do that. He's gonna be acting in it. Yes. Oh man, I'll do anything. Well, you, thank you guys so much for taking the time thank out you. for talking. Thank with us. you. I'll, I'll be honest, just the, the chemistry you guys have, it translated onto the film. Just to talking with you guys, shooting the shit has been a blast. Seeing the film was a blast. You guys have a phenomenal future ahead of you. Thank, so you. thank, thank you. Thank you. So much. Thank you. So thank you. you guys, let's check it out. Low life. Uh, Low life. You On owe demand. It to yourself. Theaters. Seriously, don't fucking pirate it. It's. Too good to pirate. Don't and this is one if you can see it in a theater. Absolutely, got you. Get your buddies because you guys are gonna be talking about it afterwards. This is it was it was great, fantastic. Right, fantastic. Yeah. We will come back again here from the vendor pit of misery again. Luchador lunatics from the light. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 <laughs>